Hey, let's pray together as we get started. I, I just The joy of the Lord is just on my life. I, I can't explain it, so if I seem a little goofy today, it's only because God is goofing me up. You know, it's okay to be goofed up by God, amen? It's okay to celebrate. And listen, you may have come in this place, and you're not in a goofed up mood. You're hurting, and things have happened. Let me just tell you something. Your moment's coming. Your time is coming. Your due season is coming. Because let me tell you something. I didn't get here overnight. I've been walking with Jesus 31 years, and I have had a lot of hell in that 31 years. I have been to hell and back. I've just made a decision. I will not smell like smoke. Amen? No residue. And so God has done so much for me and in me and so much grace and love shown to me, I can't help but be happy. I can't help but rejoice. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you for your word. Your words are life-giving. Your, your word builds us up. From the inside out, you change us. From the inside out, you transform us. You change our very form from the inside out. And we thank you that today, Lord, I declare a truth bomb to hit this place in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, there is more. There is more. There is more. And so, God, I pray for every person listening today that you would literally supernaturally open their ears, literally supernaturally open our eyes that we may see, our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see. And I ask, Lord, that you would open our minds that we may comprehend, that we may understand. Father, we don't want to just sit through another sermon. We don't want to just, a, just another little three-point, a prayer moment. God, Lord, we, we've had enough sermons. We need a message from you. We need a word from you today, God. Lord, I'm not here to preach a sermon, Lord. I'm here to declare a word, Father. And so, God, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your grace. And I thank you, Lord, that you're opening eyes, opening ears, opening minds, opening hearts, opening spirits, even as I speak. And I declare by faith, Lord, this word will go forth. This word will not return void. It will indeed accomplish the work for which it was sent. In the name of Jesus, somebody said amen. Have you ever been just going through the motions, and we've all done this at one point, but where maybe even recently you found yourself saying, there's got to be more. You're reading your Bible, and, and it's good. You're, you're reading a devotional, and it's good. You, you're reading your iPhone U version, and it's good. And, and you're reading your daily stuff, and it's good. And you're worshiping, and it's good. But inside, something is crying out, there's got to be more. Am I alone in this? What I love about serving a God who is infinite in nature, it tells me this, that I will never tap out the top of who God is. In other words, while I'm in this life, in this world, on this earth, in this earth suit that I live in, I will never tap out the reserve. I will never get all the way to the end. And that excites me. That fires me up. It makes me happy. Because I know that no matter how good it is, it can always get gooder. Come on, somebody. I start throwing my grammar out the window. You know I'm preaching. Let me tell you, it's always, there's, always, there's always another line. Line upon line, precept upon precept, faith to faith, glory to glory. There's always a whole other level. Come on, somebody. There's always another place. There's always another level. And I want to talk to you today because we're doing this series called More, and we didn't just like throw out some random series. That's a question, and that's a thought that's been echoing in my heart. It's, it's that there's got to be more. And as I've been crying out to God, you've got to understand something. Just because I'm a pastor, just because I get the microphone, just because my name's on a card, 
Let me tell you something. I don't get anything any easier than you do. I don't get some kind of like like 70% discount to God's glory. I mean, I, like I don't get a coupon. I don't get a pass. I don't get a license. Everything I get, I get just like you do. And that is spending time in his presence, spending time in worship, spending time doing sucking rug on the carpet, on my face before God, getting it, and I get it just like you do. So let me tell you something. I don't have more than you do. But if I do, there's a reason. And it's not because I got some anointing you don't. So you need to understand something, that whatever you, wherever you are right now, you can go to a whole nother level. And you can do it today. You can do it in this moment. You can walk out of this building different than when you came in if you want to, if you choose to. And let me tell you something. Nothing moves the hand of God like spiritual hunger, like desperation, like people who want something. There's sometimes when I do an altar call and I'll just, I feel like Bob Barker and I'll be like, come down here like you're going to get something. The price is right. Come on, get down here. Because sometimes we just got to get desperate. Sometimes we got to, we got to jump in a car and drive three hours because we need something. Because we need something. So we press and we go the extra mile. It's funny. Sometimes people will come to me and they say they want more and I'll say, all right, I want you to read this book. And then we'll, we'll talk about it because that book's going to be a foundation for you. And then I, I've talked to him weeks, months later. And I'm like, well, I thought you wanted more. Well, you know, I never got around. I never got, I didn't get it. Or I didn't offer. What was the name of that? And you go, ah, oh, you don't want it. Not really. Because let me tell you something. A hungry person, someone who's really wanting more, will go after more. Y'all remember Dr. Jack Taylor. He's just on my mind, and I shared this with somebody last night. And He came to our church in 05, the summer of 05. We spent some time together, and he and Frida were here. And, and I, I've always looked at Dr. Jack Taylor as a real giant in the faith. In fact, back in the mid-1980s, he was one of the preeminent men within the Southern Baptist Convention who got filled with his Holy Spirit which was a big taboo back then, not so much now, but it was then. And God used him to cause a major shift, literally a, like an earthquake, a church quake within the Southern Baptist Convention. And God used him and several other men together to, to redefine how Southern Baptists viewed the Holy Spirit. This man is a kingdom man. He's a giant in the kingdom. And he came to our church, and I felt, like a, I felt like a little kid who was getting to hang around his hero for the first time. You know what I mean? I was just like, <gasps> I was starstruck. I was just like nervous the whole time, sweating, and just like, <gasps> I couldn't talk right. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it's Jack Taylor. And Brother Jack was here, and he spent some time with us, and he quickly defused my nerves because he's a father and a coach and a, just a gracious man and just quickly diffused any of that weirdness I had. Uh, starstruck celebrity thing. But I noticed when he was here with us that he carried around two books. He carried around a Bible and another book, and I noticed the title of it was called The Unshakable Kingdom. And he carried this book around, and he had it with him all the time. And he's so cute. He's in his 70s, but he was like, Jimmy, can you take me to go work out? And I mean, I was like, yeah, like a gym? Yeah, yeah, let's go to a gym. So we took him to the gym. And while we're at the gym... He had that book with him. So I began to pick up after a couple of days. He never went anywhere without that book. It was old. 
it, it was it was the the cover was all bent and cracked and and you could tell it was very well worn all the edges were dog-eared and it had marks all in it on it so i i noticed this now I went up to him at the gym because I decided that I was going to be like the woman, woman with the issue of blood because here's my deal. I learned that if you want something, sometimes you just got to go after it. A lot of people have not because they ask not. And what's the worst thing somebody can say? No. All right, who's next? I'm looking. So I went up to him at the gym, and I said, Brother Jack, I have a question for you. I noticed you carrying that book, The Unshakable Kingdom. I said, I want that book. He goes, I've got, a, I've got 24 copies. I've got a case of those at home. Uh, he said, I'll send you one. I'm like, no. I said, no, I want that book. I want yours. Because I saw they had notes all in it, and I, I wanted something. It was almost like Elisha asking for Elijah's mantle. I wanted it. Now, let me tell you something. When you get hungry, when you desire more, it be, it'll begin to drive some things in you. You might even step out of your comfort zone. You might even get a little pretentious in Jesus. And so I said, no, I want that book. He goes, well, let me think about it. I said, okay, all right. That night, he walks up and he hands me that book at church right before we started. He hands it to me, and I open the cover. I showed this to Drew last night. I open the cover, and he had written in there. He said, this book was previously owned by his first wife who had passed away from cancer. The reason he carried that book around, not not just because it was a good book, but it had all of her notes in it, all of her personal notes of years of walking with Jesus. All in there. Even still had note pieces of notebook paper and pieces of bulletins. You know how, how we, we just stuff things in books, you know. All of that was still in there, and he gave me that book. I didn't realize what a treasure I was asking for. But let me tell you why he gave it to me. Because he saw the hunger. Because he saw that I wanted more. He saw that I wasn't just, I was, it wasn't just going to, be a become a book stop or it wasn't our doorstop it wasn't just gonna gonna sit on a shelf and get collect dust and so i literally keep it in my office at home in sight and whenever i have a, a pouty moment i know nobody else has those but whenever i have a moment where i'm a little down or things aren't just going great i look over at that book and i remember that that man passed a mantle on to me but he did it because i wanted more And what I want to say to you today is, do you really want more? Are you hungry? And if you're not, why not? If we're not hungry, something's broken. You need to understand something. If you are a Christ follower, if you are in Christ, God created you to worship. And when Sammy's up here and he's exhorting and he's leading and Josh is leading and Danielle and and they're leading us. And man, I'm telling you, it's all I can do to keep from jumping up on the stage and diving off into a mosh pit. Because, man, I want more. I want more. And when they're when they're encouraging, I'm just listen, I'm just naive enough. And I've returned to a lot of childlike faith where I'm like, if Sammy says it, it must be good. Let's go. Hey, hey. Hey, I'll give it a shot, somebody. Why? Because I'm hungry. I want more. And so when we talked about doing this series, it wasn't just about, oh, let's do a nice little series of messages. The summer's here. crowd's going to be down. Students will be gone. Everybody's going to be on vacation. So let's do something. No, I was like, no, we need to do something about more. 
We need to stir the hunger in our people for more. And I will say this again, and I'll shout it from the rooftop. If you're not hungry, if you're not hungry, something's broken. Something's wrong if you're not hungry for more. If you can come to church and leave and be unchanged and just go, oh, well, that was nice, you know. Will you come in here and you do a job evaluation every time you come to church? Well, you know, I don't know about the songs they chose this Sunday. I don't know what she spoke in some language. I don't even know what that was. Or, or, or you know, I don't know. It was, it was hot today. Oh, man, don't they cool that building? We're trying, trust me. But let me tell you something. If Every time you come in here, all you're doing is evaluating what's going on, and you're just cat scanning things, you're not hungry for more. You're not desperate, and you'll get exactly what you expect when you come here. So when we talked about I was like, man, guys, I want to do something because I want more. I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied. I'm 49, and I'm not satisfied. I will not, and I refuse to coast into retirement. I refuse to go out and start my little trek towards retirement. Well, let's just go soft now. Let's just play it safe now. Let's not take any risks now. No, 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 no. I want more. I want more of his spirit. I want more of his power. I want more joy. Because, frankly, the world needs to see some excited Christians some joyful Christians, because the world is seeing a lot of depressed Christians and bound up Christians and prideful Christians, and the world needs to see some that have a little joy on their life. Somebody here needs to learn how to light up a room when they walk in it with the joy of the Lord. Amen? All right. I want to I share something with you. I received a book. I met. I was very blessed, very privileged, and I'm not a name dropper type, although I did talk about Jack Taylor. But anyway, it's not my nature to do that because I don't impress easily, but I did get to meet a guy. He's the CEO of Josh McDowell Ministries. It was a real chance meeting, and it was a real God moment. And he said, man, give me your email address. I'm going to send you the latest thing that Josh McDowell. Anybody know who Josh McDowell's doing? He said, I'm going to send you the latest stuff that Josh and Sean, his son, are co-writing now. and co- They're doing conferences together. So he sent me this book, and it's, it's called Unshakable... Unshakable Truth, big, thick book, because Josh McDowell never writes anything little. And so I got this daunting book in the mail. I began, Annette started reading it. She said, you're talking about Joy Sunday. I said, yes, yeah. you've got to read this. So I grabbed the book, and let me just bring up this quote. Go ahead and bring this up, Randall. Uh, I'm going to read this. There's quite a bit of text here, so I wanted to put it on here so you could follow along. Are you with me? Are you here? All right, here we go. Educator and author Sean McDowell often asks his students, what do you want most out of life? Their typical response is happiness. When asked to define happiness, most respond with something like, quote, happiness is feeling good and having fun. If happiness is about a pleasurable feeling or experiencing fun, then it should follow that the greater number of fun experiences we have the happier we become. Hang right there. Hang right back there. Try to give you a heads up. The, the, look at it again. Then it should follow it. The greater number of fun experiences we have, the happier we should become. So, therefore, if, if, if having these experiences is what being happy is about, then if I have more of those experiences, I'll be happier, right? Is that not what our culture believes? 
Just ask anybody who's going on the next thing, the next adventure, the next moment, get killing themselves, two jobs, just so they can get out of town. Because we're looking for something that's fun and pleasurable that will somehow give us what we believe is the American dream, and that is happiness. So let's keep going. But somehow it doesn't seem to work that way. Can I get an amen? Some of us have been down this road. For example, the earning power of the baby boomers. That's my generation, by the way. Those born between 46 and 64. I was born in 62. Those born after World War II. It's that generation after the war, there was a huge boom. In fact, it's the largest demographic in history uh, in America. And my, this demographic is now aging and putting tremendous weight on the retirement and Social Security system. And it's putting our country in a crisis right now because all this huge mass of people are now beginning to look into retirement and looking in, and the government's going, oh, this is not looking good. Well, look what it has. It says, their earning power of the baby boomers, those born after World War II, increased dramatically over that of any previous generation in history. Are you still with me? Okay. They have more money, more leisure time, more access to sports, travel, and entertainment than any society has ever experienced. Okay. Stay with me. And yet... According to happiness expert, Dr. I didn't know there was such a thing, but a happiness expert, Dr. Martin, I want to meet this guy. He better be happy is all I got to say. Dr. Martin Seligman, baby boomers experienced a tenfold increase in depression over any previous generation. Stay right there, Randall. A tenfold increase increase in depression over any previous generation, yet we've got more, more stuff, more money, more time, more stuff, more money, more time, more stuff, more entertainment, more sports, more stuff, but we're more depressed tenfold than any generation in history. Keep going. The reason for the depression, Dr. Seligman concludes, was that people began a shift toward a focus on me. It's all about me. Every time we sing that song, I, I hear that in my head. It's all about me. I tease Annette with that around the house. It's all about me. I mean, we just, we just, because we begin to focus in demographically and culturally, there's been a shift to where I don't care about you. I'm going to tent my windows, lock my doors. We don't even need porches on houses anymore because we're not going to sit outside and visit. And don't dare come by without letting me know three days in advance. You better schedule an appointment for a visit at my house, baby. I mean, our whole culture has shifted. Why? Because I'm tired. I've been dealing with people all day long. When I get home, last thing I want to do is deal with more people. So give me a heads up. Why? Because it's all about me, 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 myself, and I, the Holy Trinity. Look what it says. In the light of these facts, Christian philosopher and apologist J.P. Moreland, if any of you saw Furious Love, he was on that. J.P. Moreland suggests a conclusion to a self-absorbed life. Here's what he says. If happiness is having an internal feeling of fun or pleasurable satisfaction, and if it is our main goal, where will we place our focus all day long? The focus will be on me, us, 
and the result will be a, cel- a culture of self-absorbed individuals who can't live for something larger than we are. It now becomes all about protecting me, my stuff, my things, my time, me, 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 my space, YouTube, my Facebook, <laughs> my home page. I mean, it all becomes about means from the book, The Unshakable Truth. Now, I want to go to the scriptures, and I want to show you some scriptures that deal with this thing called joy, because here's the deal. The world says happiness, but the Bible says joy. And I want to define joy for you. So, Randall, pull that up right now on the screen. Here's what joy is, and it may not be what you think it is. It's a state of mind or being. In other words, it's not an emotion. It's a way you think. And we've got to understand the difference between joy and happiness, because if we don't get this, then we're going to continue to pursue happiness, and we will miss joy in the journey. It's a state of mind or being that expresses itself in exultation. You know what exultation means? This is kind of weird. It means to do this. When you exult, you're leaping. You're excited. You're like ten lords are leaping. You're excited. When you exult, you're like, Yeah! Some of y'all do it when you're watching sports, man. You're sitting there. You can't even raise your hands in church. But, man, watching a game, you're like, yeah, woo, man. God, did you get it? Man, bow, bow. That made somebody uncomfortable. I can't believe you did that in church. Well, you do it in your living room and then down at the wing stop all the time. But then you come to church and you judge somebody who's getting some Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. And you're like, ooh, that's weird. Strange. But tonight you'll be at the fights, you'll be at the game, you'll be a woo, come on, baby! Craziness. Really? What's crazier? Being absorbed in something eternal or something that's gonna be some athlete that's gonna be yesterday's news? NFL, you know what that stands for? Not for long. Number who? Number what? Who is that guy? So exalting means it's what David did in front of his wife. She didn't like it. Made her uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. When you get some Jesus, you start getting a little joy. You start getting a little more. You might not be able to help yourself. You might just pull off a shout. Whoa, Sammy, I'm trying. I'm learning. Oh, what I'm figuring out, you don't do it in the throat. You do it from here. Because when I do it from the throat, I can't talk anymore. So I'm learning. Sammy's coaching me. It's a state of mind that exp- and exultate gladness. Man, I'm just glad. Oh, you mean happy? No, I'm glad. You mean there's a difference? Yeah. When I'm glad, it's something that's based out of truth. It's something I have conviction about. It's something I know. Now, let's keep going. Joy is not rooted in emotions or feelings. Happiness is. It's about feeling something. Am I the only one whose feelings can fool them? Am I the only one whose feelings can change? Hey, just if I get hungry, my feelings change. Come on, somebody. If I get tired, my feelings shift. If I don't like what's, what's on, my feelings change. I mean, it doesn't take much to change the way I feel. If, if, if the weather's 100 and, 
hundred plus for five days in a row. Does it does it change anybody's feelings besides me? Anybody feeling different? Anybody feeling like they want to move to Alaska? Somewhere north. I want to become a Yankee all of a sudden. It's like, Lord, I'm going north. Joy is not rooted in emotions or feelings, but in truth and that which we can. This is where it's critical. It's rooted in truth. Joy is rooted in truth. It's rooted in truth, that which we can be sure of. It's a conviction on which you can stand. Let me tell you why I'm happy. Let me tell you why it looks like I'm happy, but it's really joy. Let me tell you why. It's because I have a conviction, because it's based on truth, because it's based on what I know, not what I feel. Because what I feel can mess with me. But what I know is unchanging and eternal. Can I get an amen? It's more than a feeling. Let's go to the next. Joy. Thank you, Randall. Joy is rooted. He's so fast. He gets ahead of me, and I'm like, eh. Joy is rooted in confident assurance based on conviction and truth. It's more than a feeling, to quote a 1970s rock band, Boston. It's more than a feeling. All right, is that it, Randall? Happiness is based on feelings. Joy is based on what? Truth. It's based on that which is eternal and unchanging. That's why you can have joy no matter what your circumstances are. And that's why the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. What? That's crazy. No, because you know the truth. And the truth is, is that this shall surely pass. The truth is, is that though there's sorrow in the night, joy comes with the morning. See, you know the truth. You know the truth. It's not going to stay like this. And you know the truth that things can change in a moment, in the blink of an eye. So whatever your circumstance is that's making you unhappy, doesn't matter. Joy will get you through because it's based on truth. Let me tell you what truth is. Truth is not an idea. It is not a concept. It is not a philosophy. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so what we are basing our entire existence on in this mentality of joy, more joy, more joy, is on the truth. It's on a person. It's on Jesus, who the Bible says is the same yesterday, today, and what? Help me, somebody. Forever. And when you're basing your life on that, when your mood is based on that, when your choices are based on that, you can have some joy, and you can exult. Flying through the air, exulting. Let's go to the Word. Let's go to the Scripture. I'm pull up some Scripture for you. I'm going to blow through these. Randall, you ready to go fast through this? All right, let's rock. Let's do it. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You're going, what? Okay, here it is. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, look at this. He's talking about Jesus, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. It's the same word. In Hebrew, for, or in Greek, for joy, the oil, it's kara. It means the oil of joy, the oil of gladness, more than your companions. It's quoting the Old Testament there. Jesus was anointed with joy. Wait a minute. All the pictures I saw of Jesus, he's like. <laughs> I 
I mean, everything we see about him is pathetic. Folks, Jesus was a carpenter. He had to have some guns. They planed wood by hand. I mean, come on. They weren't messing around. They didn't have chainsaws. They didn't have skill saws. And je- he had to do everything by hand. He was no small man. Seen those T-shirts, the Lord's Gym? That's how I see my Jesus. He's all buffed. He's like, but he was anointed with joy. He was anointed with the oil of joy more than all of his companions, more than everybody that was around him. He was full of joy, but not in those movies we see about him. Lord, he's always somber, walking down the road, dust coming up around, healing people. Ooh, you know, he's got his hands out like this, and people are following around. They're pathetic. The lepers are coming out. Oh, Jesus, he stands at the door and knocks, let me in, let me in. The way we portray him is ridiculous, and it's unbiblical. I can see Jesus when those kids were starting to come up to him, and the disciples were going, no, 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 keep the kids away. He's like, oh, get on here. Come on, get over here. Let's hang out. Boom, kid tackles him. He's on the ground. He pins him, figure four leg lock. Come on. That's old school wrestling, folks. That's not WWF. But can you see Jesus, the joy? Can you see how excited Jesus must have been when a man came to him whose hand was lame? And on the Sabbath, he, the man stretches out his hand. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? He asked him an honest question. like, duh. No, do you want it? How desperate are you? Are you serious about this? Because when I heal you, all hell is going to break loose over your life because all these religious people are about to get mad at you. Do you really want to be made whole? Well, of course I do. Boom. Can you imagine Jesus going, high-five me with that hand. That is awesome. Can you imagine Jesus going, wow, God, you're amazing. Father, thank you. Do you remember when he raised Lazarus from the dead? He shows up. He's like, Father, I thank you. I already know that you hear me. But for their sake, I'm going to pray out loud. Jesus did that for them. But he already had such a relationship with the Father. He had to be smiling. You've got to know something about Jewish people. They are very expressive. They are excitable. You ever been around Jewish people? I have. I've walked through Jerusalem. It's like, man, everybody's excited. Not all happy, but they're excited. They're excited. They're on the phone. They're excited. Da, 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 da. You walk up. Excuse me. Could I? Da, 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 da. I mean, they're just like, boom. They're like that. That's just the way they're wired. Can you imagine Jesus anointed with the oil of joy more than his companions, more than his brothers? And you walk up, and he's like, come on, chest bump, boom. Jesus, anointed with the oil of joy, but not us. Oh, no, we're too, we're too sedidified. We're too dignified. We don't want to mess up anything. We don't want to look bad in front of our friends. So we're just going to just do life. Oh, ball and chain, Jesus. Oh, carry my cross daily. Oh, it's so hard. It's just so hard. Swing low. We treat this thing like it's just this, oh, It's so horrible. Some of us forgot that he saved us from death, hell, and the grave. Some of us forgot that he conquered all that. Some of us forgot that he delivered us from the demonic realm whereby we can cry and go, oh, my gosh, let's exalt. Let's go. We forget the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord. Let's go to the next next scripture. Check this out. There's so many amazing scriptures. To console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for agents. We're trading some stuff here. Trading some stuff. 
We get beauty and we just get rid of the, the grief, the ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. What a trade-off. I'm mourning. Oh, life's so hard. Wait a minute. Oil of joy. Wow. Perspective. 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 The garment of praise. What a trade-off. You take this heaviness, you throw it off. Some of your answer is not the sermon. Some of your answer is not another Bible study. Some of you, the answer is the garment of praise. You just come in and you're feeling all heavy and stuff. You know what you got to do? You got to praise your way out of that thing. Praise your way out. Praise your way out. And when Sammy says, ho, ho, you need to go, ho, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it anyway because I need to shake this off. I need the garment of praise on my life. I love it when Kaysen gets up there. He starts jumping around. I don't know how he plays the guitar and jumps at the same time. I can't. But anyway, he's jumping around. He's playing. Why? He's shaking it off. He's putting on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And some of you need to praise your way out of your junk and go, you know what? I'm going to act like Jesus. He had the oil of gladness. He was excited about life. I think I will be too. Oh, I just got to carry it around. Oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I just want everybody to know how hard life is for me, how much I've sacrificed. No, I can't go party with you. I can't go drink with you. I can't go sleep around with you because I'm suffering for Jesus. Look what I gave up for him. I gave up STDs and alcoholism. Look what I gave up. I gave up a headache and a monkey on my back on Saturday morning. Look what I gave up. Really? Really? Next verse. <laughs> I'm trying to, and that goes, we'll get in the car and so go, I cannot believe you said that. <laughs> Active imagination. It's a gift and a curse. All right. That they may be called the trees of the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Keep going. Let's go. We got, we got a lot to go. Let's get the worship team. You guys make your way on up. Come on up. Come on. It says this. You will show me the path of life. Oh, I love this one. In your presence is fullness of joy. Woo! In the presence. You want some joy? Get in the presence of God, and you will not be able to help yourself. You'll find yourself shouting like Sammy. You'll find your hands doing like this when Lecrae comes on. You don't even know why. You may find yourself standing up like Crystal and going, come on, that's my pastor. <laughs> and you don't even know why you're doing it. It just feels good in the moment because joy overtakes you and you've got to do something. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, you started running. I've never done this. And I just thought, they ain't leaving me behind. I just ran. I jumped in. Why? Joy. Joy. When you're free, you'll act free. And when you're not, <laughs> trust me, we'll all know. We'll all know. In your presence is fullness of joy. So, okay, Pastor, if I need joy, what I need to do? There it is. Get in his presence. It's not rocket science. It's really not. But you may have to press in. You may have to linger. You may have to stay. You may have to say no to some stuff. Because you know what? That which is unholy can't be in the presence of that which is. It'll burn, and you just got to lay down some stuff. Say, you know, I'm, nothing matters right now but his presence. You know, don't go to his presence to get joy. Go to his presence to get him, and the joy will be a gift. It'll be an amazing byproduct. At your right hand are pleasures. There's the happy stuff right beside him. Next scripture. A couple more. 
Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. Just keep going. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Okay, that's a command. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Here's the cool thing. You get the presence of God, you get joy. You know what a bonus of that is? You get 15 five-hour drinks down at one time. Energy, boom. Why? Because in his presence is fullness. In his presence is strength. But don't whore him. Don't use him. Don't prostitute. Oh, I got to get happy, so I'm going to get close to God. It won't work. What we have to do is get to him. Get to him, and then all these things. Matthew 6, says this. Seek first the kingdom. You've got to seek the king to get the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So the stuff will come, but get him. And that's really my challenge. You want joy? Get him. Get him. I dream of a church. I know, I know the, the, the man, the reverend, Martin Luther King Jr. had a dream. I got a dream too. You know what? You do too. My dream is to see a church body of people that are free. Free. Free to laugh. Free to celebrate. Now, inevitably, somebody here is already offended. Uh, I can't believe Pastor Jimmy. First of all, he took off his jacket. I cannot believe how he was cutting up. That, that's not preaching. That's a stand-up routine. So, you know what? Get over it. Seriously. I, there's just too much joy to contain it. We sing a song here. So blessed, I can't contain it. So blessed, I just got to give it away. But when we seek his kingdom, I, you just can't help yourself. When you start to taste the goodness of God, I'm not talking about the stuff. I'm talking about the goodness of God, him, his presence. You get overwhelmed. And you know what's so fun about it? That as much joy is, is flowing out of me right now, I know it's not all there is. There's more. There's more. More hope, more joy, more of his presence, more of his spirit, more power. There's more. Say there's more. Just say it. See, make a declaration. There's more. Is that a witness for you? Is there more? You know there's more? Well, let's get more together. And I dream of a church that's so hungry for him that we just get over our silliness, our pettiness, our preferences, and we just go, you know what matters to me? It's him. And then as I get him, now I go from me to we. Now I'm excited for you. And you know what? Now I'm excited for them because this joy can't be contained. And that's all I'm talking about here is a joy. Go to the last statement. We'll finish with this. The very last section. I just sort of took everything I said and bundled it up. So here's the package. Happiness is an emotion, and it's all about me. Joy is about a king and his kingdom and everyone around me. See the difference? One is an emotion, and it's about me. One is about a king and his kingdom and everybody. Keep going. Joy produces strength and is acquired by consistently abiding in God's presence. That was the scripture we read. 
In your presence is fullness of joy. The word fullness means complete. Okay? As I abide in his presence, I will experience fullness, complete, whole, and total. I don't know about you. I want some total joy. I want some complete joy. I want the, I want the full meal, biggie size mine. 30 cents more, I'm up. I do it. I will experience fullness of joy. Come on, let's keep the joy of the Lord in me and flowing out of me will cause me to live a compelling life. In other words, you walk in a room, people go, I don't know what they want, but I, what they have, but I want two of them. <laughs> I want double. It will cause us to live a compelling life that will cause the world around me to ask, why are you so, there's the word, happy, because that's how the world sees it. And you'll go, oh, this isn't happiness. This is joy. This is joy. Why are you so full of optimism and joy? And they tell you, you'll jack people up in the workplace. You walk in happy, excited, full of the joy of the Lord. I'm not talking about being weird and don't exalt at work. Don't do that. I'm just saying there's just the life flows out of you. That will freak people out. They'll be going, stay away. That, but there's just the joy that naturally comes out of you. You leak out what you're full of. Trust me. We all leak out what we're full of. Why are you so full of optimism? How can you live so free? What does a witness do? Answer the questions. Well, let me tell you how. I have an answer. Is that the last part, Randall? Okay. I didn't know where I ended. Anybody want more joy? Well, how about we end this thing with a little practice session? I love lab classes. I was always a hands-on kind of guy anyway. So what we're going to do, we're going we're gonna to enter his presence in worship, and we're going to experience fullness of joy, fullness of joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?